Peace, family. I'm just passing through. And this is the Perfectly Human podcast. Um, let me just say, I'll start off by saying the opening series to the Perfectly Human podcast, the uh, the unsocial media project I dedicated to mental health awareness uh, a few months back. It, it was no coincidence that I published that series when I did. And now here we are in the midst of unprecedented times, you know, once again, the, the content I share is always with the intent to benefit those on the receiving end. Um, even if I'm just a voice, you know, I feel it's it's an obligation on me to serve my purpose through speaking enlightenment. So if you haven't made, you know, mental health a priority for yourself before now, with all these changes taking place, um, you might be affected a little differently than someone who's been implementing a regimen to help them, you know, re- remain sound mentally and spiritually in tumultuous situations like we see. However, um, I still imp- implore you to to check on your strong friends, check on your loved ones, check on your elders, especially, you know, during these times, and um, check in with yourself. Most importantly, so. I want to I want to begin by unpacking the United States of America's best kept secret. Besides the fact that the United States is not even a country but a federal corporation. Um and that is that as long as indigenous people, i.e. blacks, negroes, people of color, African Americans, as long as we continue to classify ourselves as black, we will never be recognized as human and therefore will not be entitled to human rights, simply put. Um, And why is that? Because civilly and politically, the word black translates to civil leader mortus, meaning dead in the eyes of the law. Um, Even more simpler, I'll break it down a little bit more. Black is an adjective, it's not a noun. Therefore, it can't be a person, place, or thing. And if we knew who we were enough to lay claim to our lineage, then we wouldn't even have to fight for human rights. But it seems like we continue to identify with something we're not, and we're expecting not to be treated as such. Because black is a color, it's not a person. Our hues are of the earth by nature, not of nothingness. And knowing who we are is only half the battle. Proclaiming it is winning. So because a black American is not a nationality, nor is it considered to be tied to a nation of any sort, it has no political interest and isn't it's not even recognized in the free national constitution. Therefore, it holds no power. Now, Europeans and Caucasians know this, but they're not going to just come out and say, oh, you know, melanated people are the natives of this land of America because their ancestors were indigenous to America. Because as long as we desire to be something that we're not um, or other than what we are, they will continue to benefit from white supremacy, which is why a European can go out any given day, kill a quote unquote black person and get away with murder. And we've seen it happen, you know, so many times over the past few years, several years, hundreds, like, you know, it, it happens right in our faces. Um, by the way, race is only of two types. You have a human race and you have the gen kind, which is known as the unseen, but that's for a later discussion. 
So if we think back to the beginning of the, the pandemic, the ultimate agenda was population control, taking away human rights with the enforcement of martial law leading up to mandatory vaccinations and make no mistake about it. Like we have every right to defend ourselves against oppression of any sort and, you know, take that how you will. But we see the death of George Floyd um, is, is, it seemed to be what tipped the scale in unleashing nationwide riots you know, over the past couple of weeks uh, or days, so to speak. And even though that's been, you know, something that's been happening for so long, it just seemed like that, you know, in the midst of a massive unemployment crisis, you know, the majority of the, the population facing an economic deficit and, and the government banking, banking on the fear of um, banking on fear driven people, you know, people who are teetering literally on the edge of their sanity it was about timing for them to pull a trigger, you know, figuratively speaking. So although some of what's already been going, has been going on, I, so some of what we see is, is staged. Um, and you have to look at a lot of what goes on through a, a very, um, an insightful lens. You know, you can't take everything for face value because a lot of it is staged. There, there are some things that, you know, really aren't what they seem to be. But it only allows the government to use more uncivilized, excessive force tactics and in invoking war essentially on us, you know, the, in, the inhabitants. Um, so knowing this, this makes me believe that we're in an age of distinction, which means we're responsible right now at this moment in time to change the narrative from someone took away my rights to I am sovereign by birthright which means no foreigner nor oppressor has any rights over me and standing in our truth, upholding the law of the land. Um, and after everything we've witnessed take place over the past few months, we see how people will find ways to come together for a common cause, regardless of a curfew or stay home orders. If we knew that what we're standing on is in fact the truth, there's no way we can't be led to victory. You know, and I look at even me homeschooling my children and other mother, other parents out there as well who have been forced to, you know, make that transition from, I say, the middle of March on to the, the end of the school year. You know, there's no need to send your children back to, to public school if you can help it. You know, some of us don't have a choice, but I really do look at this situation over the past few months as a way for God to like really take us out of our normal situation, our normal um, routine and regimen and just give us a minute to sit down and think. And, you know, although it was, it was, um, it wasn't planned for us, you know, it was kind of unexpected for those on the receiving end. However, it allowed us to see our children in a different light. It allowed us to really take hold of the situation and take control over the content that they're being fed. And I believe wholeheartedly that God loves the truth and he will always be in favor of the truth. And he has mysterious ways of unmasking the truth. So we're not depending on other people who have not walked a single day in our shoes, nor shared in our experiences to teach us anything about our heritage, our history, our story or our culture. 
You know, I look at everything in, in such a different light now. Like we don't need permission to exercise our God-given rights. We have the right to remain sovereign and we are free. Um, considering that this the, this country was, cons- um, it was established before colonialism. You know, w- we see that we have the tools, we have the intelligence, we have the, we have access to natural resources and manpower to reclaim our land. Investing emotionally and financially in our own people is key, you know, with, with the insight that we have to technological advancements and all the, even the supernatural gifts that we harness as melanated people, as indigenous people. There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to shift this narrative as a collective. And I would much rather see this happen, you know, as a result of the big pause, not because, you know, we harbor any disdain or or malice or hostility for anybody who doesn't look like us or anybody who doesn't, you know, Caucasians or Europeans, not because we we're trying to um, be oppressive or even vengeful, seeking revenge against them is, is just simply because we love ourselves. You know, that has to be the premise of our movement. I know that no blessing nor curse is manifested except by the permission of God. And if I'm unable to intercede in an oppressive situation or matter with my own hands, then I should speak against it. I feel compelled to speak against it. And if I'm not able to speak against it, you know, at the very least, I hate it in my heart. You know, sometimes I go on a hiatus from social media in order to, you know, remain grounded and, and feel like, you know, I'm not so much out of touch with reality um, because we're going to be questioned about all of this. Make no mistake about it. We're going to be held accountable for what we saw taking place. And we're going to be judged upon whether or not we chose to take a passive approach or, you know, we took matters into our own hands and actually did something about it. So my advice is to continue to ground yourselves so that when it's time to move and be active, you do so with purpose. Remember, there, there is a time to be silent. There's a time to be still. So when you speak, your words have meaning. There's a time to unplug. So when you look at something, your visibility is rooted in discernment. You know, we, we are definitely more than colors on the spectrum of humanity. But in order for us as Aboriginal Americans, um, in order for us to have the right to remain sovereign, the internal revolution must not be colonized. And... Whatever that means to you is, you know, your own personal battle to conquer first. So before we can conquer a revolution on a national level, we must first establish the spiritual, you know, mental and emotional sovereignty within ourselves. The The most important revolution starts within. So um, I wanted to leave off with a poem, as I always do. And, you know, given the nature of the, I guess, the buzz, you know, right now, the energy and the the atmosphere, I didn't want to come with the war energy. Instead, I wanted to leave you guys with something a little bit more uplifting um, and a little, you know, I guess, softer on the heart. So this poem is called God Over Everything. 
before the beginning of time, before the beginning of time, before everything of comprehension was known to soul or mind, before heaven and earth, before hell and the accursed, before life and death, before Big Bang conceived the universe, there was the pen. And it was designed to scribe in the name of your Lord and mine, all of creation and everything therein, from sacrifice to sin between mankind and jinn, from beginning to end, it was written. And we are simply telling our story about how we dream of free will, but in reality, whatsoever he wills, will be. Just as I was inclined to bear witness to his magnificence when he wrote Revelations and Genesis, he made sure to include me among those who reflect like the light of the moon, curved like the noon with the star at its crest. Kun fayakun, that means be and it is in the time it took for him to breathe life into my chest. One flick of his pen describes my character in depth, but I am nothing more than a reminder for those whom forget to put God over everything and all you possess, because if you have God, you have everything. This material world is worthless. His word is heavy. So I hold it on my tongue with hopes that it will taste as sweet as the day he and I first met and be strong enough to hold me up with those who wage war against their own souls on the day will be commanded to resurrect. I confess that no matter what I lose or gain, my love for him remains in check since the pen has been lifted and the ink has dried. Kitab Allah was revealed through recitation as a gift and a guide. Those who only live once are said to believe otherwise. But the day I put God over everything was the day everything godly about me came alive.